Football's right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers 200 bucks in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for one week, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and one dollar wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT yo what up welcome to another episode of the oakland warriors podcast i'm patrick and i am joined once again by my good friend up north aram in toronto hello i'm up north what's up aram so John Hollinger uh, had an article that he wrote in The Athletic, which I, I think was, uh, was, was really interesting, more interesting as a, as a prompt to, to think about some things for the Warriors going forward. The article, just to really very briefly paraphrase, you know, there's, there's these teams who have signed older stars to extensions, like the Warriors signed Steph, uh, but Kawhi signed the extension. Chris Paul signed an extension. He made the point that he can't fault the teams for signing them because if they didn't do it, then somebody else would. And that's totally true, right? These are still star players, productive, and will be so for at least parts of their new contracts. He also wrote it in in a way as kind of like a, a, a red flag for these teams and, and, and what does it mean for their kind of long-term prospects, especially for the teams that uh, have not only signed people, but given up like major draft capital. He put the Warriors in this category of, of teams who are like, quote unquote, going for it. And what does that mean with aging stars? And we will have older players making a ton of money. But I don't think it's the same situation because we got these young dudes on the way. And it kind of got me thinking about Steph's contract is four years, right? Or four more years of Steph. Uh, until he's 37 or 38. Of course, we still have Clay and Draymond, whose contracts don't go that far. But we got these young dudes who, this young core, which we've heard a lot of them talking about, like building a bridge to the next the next group or the next dynasty, if you want to get hyperbolic. Um, so it got me kind of thinking, I, I'm going to throw Jordan Poole into it because I think he's like 22, 23. Wiseman is 20. Moody's 19, Kaminga's 18. I think we all will acknowledge that Clay is the most important player to the team this coming year. But I want to know what you think in two years. Who do you think is going to be the best player on the Warriors? And who do you think is going to be the most important player? Because it's not always the same, right? And then I want to know who you think is going to be the best player in four years. Like the end, like the last year of Steph's contract, 
and who's going to be the most important player on on the team in four years. So start with two years. The best player in two years is probably still going to be Steph. I think he won't be who he was this past season, but his overall knowledge, his skill, we know we've always thought that that would translate to his mid thirties to late thirties because of his just shooting and his ability to move without the basketball run off screens, the way he stays in shape. I don't think any of the young guys will catch up to him in that respect. Again, like they'll be closer and Steph will come down a little bit naturally, but he'll still be the best player on the team. If the roster, this older core and this younger core stay together, I don't think that changes much at all. In four years, man, I think I'm hoping it'll be either James Wiseman or Jonathan Kaminga. I don't want to lose perspective on what I thought of James Wiseman when we drafted him. Right now, people are kind of tossing him aside. Obviously, they wanted to throw him in for cheap into any trade because they just don't really pay attention. They don't really care. And now it's like, oh, Jonathan Kaminga is the future. Wiseman, yes, but he's more of like, oh, kind of like a an accessory, you know? Mm-hmm. And I still think he has a shot to be great. He didn't get a fair shake last season, and it's all about the the churn of like the media hype and what have you done for me lately. So I think he has a shot. But in four years, I think it's probably going to be Wiseman or Kaminga. If I had to pick one, I would say Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga. And that only goes towards the fact that I've said before, the one thing that concerns me most about James Wiseman is that he doesn't have enough dog in him. And Mm -hmm. so when I look at Wiseman, I look at Kaminga, Wiseman is a year and a half older than Jonathan Kaminga, but Kaminga, he has that dog in him. He has that like cockiness, that desire to be like uh, a a bad man, you know? And that's what I think would differentiate them, right? They both are super, super physically gifted and talented. I think maybe Kaminga's game comes a little bit more naturally to him from what I've seen, but he has a little bit longer way to go. Four years is enough time to me to catch up to where he needs to be. And the other thing is that not any fault of James Wiseman's, but I also pick Kaminga because at this point in history, he doesn't have any injuries, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, knock on wood, James Wiseman, meniscus, fine you know that's not like as devastating as like an acl of course but it's an injury it's a surgery that's another checkbox on john kaminga side but um i would love for that debate to be uh raging in yeah in four yeah years like if, if we go with their their uh comps it's like oh this <laughs> i'm gonna sound foolish for this but like oh it's like ad and Kawhi. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> 
yeah, maybe not in four years yet, but we'll see. Well, I, I, I would agree with you that in two years, I think Steph is still going to be their best player and probably still their most important player. Although, you know, I would, I would say in two years, um, I think James Wiseman might be one of their most important players um, because Draymond might be in decline and they need a defensive anchor. And so that's also why Wiseman would also be my, my answer for most important in four years, because by then definitely need to be this defensive anchor and, and almost more than anything else, that's what he needs to be able to do is to protect the rim, uh, guard everybody, um, just, just be that, that anchor and, and be that big man unicorn who won't get played off the floor. Um, and it's, and can he get there? I hope so. He's huge. And if you can keep a, a huge guy on the floor, um, and he does have offensive, real offensive skill. And I'm still hoping that three point shot comes around. Um, that'll be amazing. Um, and, and I also agree. I think, I think, uh, in four years, Kaminga will be their best player, but I don't think Steph will be their best player, but he's still going to be really good and super important, uh, just from like a leadership perspective, you know, and he's been compared to Tim Duncan so much. Uh, but that's sometimes you need a template, right. And somebody who's productive late into their career, um, super um, important from a leadership perspective. And he's shown throughout his career to be a really important leader. And I don't expect that to change in, in four years. So if, if anything, it may be even, even more important uh, and, and more, and his leadership has even more weight by then as well. So, um, and then also, you know, just to, I, I, I don't think any of us think Moody's going to be a, a star, but, um, or, or pool, you know, like, uh, he probably still has a lot more upside, but, you know, you think about this stable of four dudes, uh, if you think about the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers process, they had how many top draft picks stable of young dudes, and they just needed one or two of them to hit. Um, and, you know, Embiid has, he's a MVP candidate, right? So that hit a home run. So who knows if any of these four guys reach that level, but, but um, yeah, you reaches, you just really need one of them to do it. I actually, sorry, I didn't answer the most important player thing. <laughs> um, uh, I, I agree with you with all the, like the, the staff stuff. I mean, the Tim Duncan stuff we've been hearing for, for years since, Steve Kerr showed up and compared him to Tim Duncan <laughs> on that note. I was like, Oh, I hope my Kawhi analogy for Kaminga is not the same. And then he bailed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But another reason why Kaminga is going to be potentially the best player in four years is unless the game changes and it could right? to like these centers who can do a lot of things like Kaminga is a wing. Right. And he can develop mm -hmm. quickly and he can do a lot more with the ball in his hands. And that's just the most premium position right now and probably in, in four years as well. But yeah, in terms of importance, I mean, talking about the culture 
talking about setting precedent, setting the tone. Um, Steph in four years, I mean, he's going to be the most important player as long as he's with the franchise, I think. Unless Kaminga mm-hmm. all of a sudden becomes like an all NBA player in four years. I don't know if that's going to happen. And you make a good point about Wiseman being really important in two years, not just because of the defensive anchor Draymond dropping off a cliff at some point uh, reason, but also in terms of like one of these picks hitting big, he has the opportunity to hit big faster. And if he hits mm-hmm. all the chatter from the past couple of years, it's like they could take a little bit of a sigh of relief in the sense that like, okay, we're, we're in a good spot. You know, like this guy is tracking to be an all-star if not already by then. So I think that would be huge for just like the optics and the internal development of how this franchise is going into the current cores latter years. You know, mm-hmm. I think that'll be like, it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Wiseman, it's, it's all going to plan. And then, Oh yeah. Kaminga's coming on. And then it's at some point, maybe Kaminga passes Wiseman a little bit as the best player on the team. You know I mean? Oh, man, that is like, <laughs> we're describing we're describing like my basketball utopia you know my warriors yeah, utopia yeah, it's the dream it's yeah like, yeah like if we get, if it's an argument between who's a, who's more important who's better wiseman or kaminga and it's not like who's the best player on a lottery team it's like yeah the best, wow. the best player on like a team that's actually pretty good i mean there was a part of me that was saying like well maybe it's jordan Poole. you never know Maybe he will be their best player in in a few years. Yeah, then I think guard dominantly. I I don't. I don't. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Is is CJ McCollum going to be the best player on the team? (laughs) Is is Jordan Clarkson going to be the best player on the team? Let's let's uh, we'll see. But it it is kind of fun to like to think about these young dudes and whether or not they all hit or like it just takes one to hit, like you said. At least you know with Poole, he may not like hit all-star level, but like he's hitting as a legit, dependable NBA player who ain't afraid, who tracks to be like solid in the clutch, in those clutch moments, you know, and um, can be a 16-game player, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Moody, even if he improves like linearly, like he will be a dependable guy then you hope that uh you know Kamingo or wiseman can uh really really stand out i can't wait till they play together in garbage minutes man i know (laughs) that's gonna be that that over city is crazy (laughs) (laughs) that is going to be those are gonna be like the most watched minutes for me so like we kind of talked about this is the true off season you know, most teams have kind of solidified their rosters. There's a few veteran free agents out there that will probably find some homes, but there are still some some kind of uh, bigger loose ends. Brad Wanamaker? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there's another Brad uh, who I think is going to stay um, in Washington, but uh, you know, the the big one, um, which we you know have already talked about, Ben Simmons and Damian Lillard. Can I just say that these two teams need to go find a room and consummate this and get it over with so we can just really have the off season 
Um, Because do you want to hear Ben Simmons rumors for another two months? I don't because it's the same thing over and over again. Nothing's changing because no one's playing any games, (laughs) right? Like no one's going to be like, oh, we need him. Like what? Take the Warriors. Like everything else we know about what the Warriors want to do in terms of like bridging the future and what their plans are, whatever, like their situation is going to change from now until beginning of the season, unless someone, unless multiple people get injured and they're like, Oh, we need Ben Simmons. That's not going to change. Right. So I'm, I'm tired of it. Yeah. I've said this already, but I will be okay with reading (laughs) about how everything's going to hell. If he stays, if he stays on, the Sixers for the season. Uh, like I will watch that. I've said that we've talked about this and that will be actually entertaining to me. So yeah, the, the chatter with the Warriors, I'm kind of tired of, but like just yeah. seeing like this, uh, I keep saying dumpster fire train wreck, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. It's going to be entertaining. So I, I, I would not mind that at all. For me, it's just Warriors trade chatter because I like our roster and I like the homegrown talent. Me too. Can we just tie up these loose ends? Let's go. Let's go, Maury. But yeah, like Portland and Philly, I think that's like the perfect match. I've seen various trades tossed out by journalists, fans, bloggers, whomever. And it just makes sense. Like, I want to see Dame play with Embiid. Mm -hmm. Like, are you kidding me? And I think Simmons, if they can send over a couple other dudes to... Portland and maybe some picks or pick swaps or whatever, whatever makes it work on the fringes, then that's a good starting spot for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's like, just, just start it over. So yeah, like I think they need to get like a motel six room and make it happen. (laughs) Let's do the deed. Okay. I I mean, I, I, I think it's the only loose end that needs to be resolved. I mean, it's the only major one and it's only, I feel like it's the only deal that's out there. So um, when you kind of see when, when that happens and it tends to happen in the NBA, right? Like when, when it seemed like uh, Harden to the nets was really the only true pathway it's going to happen. So Yeah. Let's see it. Um, The NBA released their schedule. So the Warriors are playing the Lakers on uh, opening night. So that'll just kickstart that whole uh, uh, dueling narratives, NorCal, SoCal uh, rivalry. Um, But I was just thinking just now, though, about the Christmas game, though, because that's against the Suns. That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, And it's going to be different than last year because last year Christmas was the – first game of the season, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or was it the second? Uh, did Was it, it was, uh, I remember we, cause we talked on Christmas um, mm-hmm. about the game and, uh, and, and it was so, so early in the season. I remember I, I said, uh, cause if you remember Wiggins was really bad in those first two games. Yeah. And I think, oh, I think I, the Christmas I, game I, was the second game because they played okay, the Nets. Okay. Early in the week, and then I think it was the Bucks. And was then the, the, it was the, the Bucks game? on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I remember after the Bucks game, I I said, "Would you trade Wiggins for Buddy Heald?" <laughs> and you said no, uh, and you were right. So, um, but I, I I'm I'm looking forward to that Christmas game because uh, it it'll be really different than last year's. So it won't be that early season, um, uh, you know 
I mean, it was just a mess last year, but uh, they'll be two months in into the season. So I think by then you'll, you'll kind of start seeing who they are, right? And it's going to be a good test to see how they match up against the, uh, the Suns. Yeah, that's a good point because James Wiseman will have two months, you mm-hmm. know, to see if he can actually play against DeAndre Ayton and see if he can actually prove anything. And will Clay want to come back for the Christmas game or will he come back like in January or something? Uh, knock on wood, no setbacks. So that's a more overall intriguing game than opening night, you know? I mean, I mean, they're both going to be really fun to watch, but you're right. Like, we'll give you an idea of the direction that they're headed in because by then you'll see like how much people have improved, right? Like you'll mm-hmm. see where people are at. It's not like they're going to improve a ton mid season and maybe we'll, we'll get like a moody playing against bridges and it'll be like that Spider-Man meme. We're like pointing <laughs> at each other, you know, with their, um, giant, their long arms yeah. <laughs> and, and their, their slow first step. We'll know if Chris Paul is, Fallen off a cliff. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see all that stuff. All right, then. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also listen and watch the episodes on YouTube at youtube.com slash National Film Society. Hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Hit up Aram and tell him how much you love his takes at Aram Collier, A-R-A-M-C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. And if you're so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and say dope stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts. The Oakland Warriors Podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.